Good evening and welcome. Welcome to Dirty Secrets of Small Business. My name is Jack Mancini and I'm here with our co-host Adam Sunhalter. And we are going to talk about small business like we do every Wednesday evening from 7 to 8 p.m. We're in uh, the beautiful city of Willoughby and this is being broadcast live tonight. And when I say small businesses, I'm talking small businesses from 1 to 25 employees. Our day jobs, when we wear our capes, are business coaches, a company called Maximum Value Partners. And we deal with small businesses. We've been doing it together for 15 years, Adam and I, actually more than 15 years. And the show that we, we conduct here over the hour, over the next hour, is taking situations that we deal with on a day-to-day coaching basis. We've uh, had hundreds of clients through the years. We have a full slate of, of dealing with them and the problems that they're talking about we're working with them are often the same problems that I'm sure you as small business owners encounter. Uh, we've been doing this so long that there isn't too much we haven't seen, and we'd like to frame, <clears throat> we like to frame these issues and, and come up with solutions and make it fun while we're doing it. So the show tonight will we'll be talking about something that you all do. Many times you don't even formally know you do it, but you're always doing it, and that is presenting your company. And what we have found is that many small business owners, many owners of bigger businesses as well, don't know how to present their company because they don't often understand business, even though they're in the business of doing business. They don't understand the intricacies of, of what business is all about. So presenting, we, we've developed a, a, a seven-step process here that basically if you're successful and have mastered all those seven, seven keys to success, you're going to be successful. And that define, that's defined as, as growing sustainable profits. And the last of those seven is presenting your company. How do you do that? Presenting to bankers, presenting to employees, presenting to, to uh, uh, customers, vendors, people, friends, family. How do you present your company? And if you stop and think about it, you know it's not an easy thing to do. And without practice and without some knowledge of the, the technical aspects of presenting, generally you're not going to be doing an effective job. So that's what we're going to be talking about tonight, presenting your company in a variety of different ways. So with that, I'm going to turn my microphone, no, he's got his own microphone, <laughs> uh, over to my co-host here, Adam Sunhalter. I think this one's working, Jack. We can talk together. That's how it works, right? You know they got more than one microphone. That's right. They do it on stage all the time where they share the microphones, right? They go singing in and, hey, we kind of sing together. I never quite understood that because it kind of takes the power away from both of them. But plus you got to get real close, right? And people <laughs> often spit on each other when they're doing that, Jack. I often wonder. You know, they're sweating on each other or maybe you don't care. It's they like, have to. They get into it. Yeah. yeah it well, like, depends on who they are. <laughs> well, yeah. It's probably, probably you know, like like playing sports, right? You're out playing sports, off, you know, often bodily fluids and things are flying all over the place, right? It's just part of the nature of the beast, so to speak. So... <laughs> We'll see if we get to that. We have some failures here with the microphones, and we have to share microphones, Jack. But that uh, make things very interesting for sure. But, 
Yes, welcome to the show tonight. Dirty Secrets of Small Business coming to you every Wednesday, 7 p.m. Eastern. We have a lot of fun here. And you can be part of the show. As you know, we'll, we always give out the phone number and email and, and Twitter accounts to kind of reach out if you want to be part of the show to talk about things that we're talking about tonight, other questions you've, you've got or things you want to talk about. So let me give you those those numbers real quick here. We've got Kurt sitting by tonight. He's waiting for your calls. If you want to call in, you can get us at 440-946-9468. Easy to remember, 440-946-9468. You can also email us, radio at MaximumVP.com, or you can tweet at us. We've got three different ways to make that happen. We have our company Twitter handle, which is at MaximumVP. You can get Jack Mancini by t- tweeting him at, at JackMMVP. And for me, it's at Adam Sonhalter. So lots of ways to be part of the show. To get your voice heard, get your questions uh, answered. Be happy to do that for you. So as Jack said, we're going to talk about tonight is how do you present? And we're going to talk about presenting to an investor first. But before we jump into that, you know, as we're prepping for the show tonight, some different thoughts kind of came to mind. And, and you touched on it here in your opening, Jack, about practicing. Practice, right? You know, I ever hear that word practice. We're talking about practice, right? That's practice makes perfect. That old cliche. Yeah, you know, how true you, it is. You know, who made that fa- that phrase famous about 20 years ago? Basketball player. Remember that? That was all. That was all. Maybe it was even 10 years ago. Remember a guy named Allen Iverson? Yeah, is that right. what he said? No, there was a big deal about it, right? He said, you know, because he wasn't showing up to practice or he's skipping practice. He's like, practice? What about practice, right? At the end of the day, you care about the game, right? So he was. Uh, a pretty talented athlete, and probably he'd, he'd, he'd had thousands of hours in the gym. So he's at the point of his career. That was probably year 10 of his career, Jack. And he's kind of thinking, hey, you know what? Much like many of these, these veterans do nowadays, they kind of ease you know, ease their time in practice and kind of conserve their energy, so to speak. But when it comes to you know important things in life, the last thing you want to be doing is having the biggest deal of your life, and all of a sudden you're doing something for the first time. And so as we're thinking about this, there's, there's a show we're watching now. Um, you know, we're, we have the blessing of being able to spend a little extra time with our 15-year-old now because he's made some poor choices, and so he's not really allowed out anymore for a little while. So he's getting some more mom and dad time, you know, which can be good and bad. But you know, right now we're, we're, we just started watching a show on Netflix called Atypical. And a couple folks in there you may have heard of, Jennifer Jason Lee. You, you may recall her from many movies over the years, but uh, one of her first ones was Fast Times at Ridgemont High. She's kind of the main character in that, the young oh. lady in that, right? Yeah, all right. She played a crazy woman in Single White Female, which is kind of a scary movie. Uh, but she's she, she's in this as a mother. Her, her husband's a guy by the name Michael Rappaport, who's been in a bunch of stuff. Um, and a couple of kids. Anyway, the, the reason I'm bringing this up is, is um, they have an 18-year-old son who's autistic. He's relatively highly functioning, but you know, still there's, there's, you know, he's a main character of the show, and one of the things that he does, so I can just come back to practice again, right? So they had a scene where he's getting ready, and he, you know, he, he's, he has a practice girlfriend. He actually calls her that, right? Because he, he'd fallen in love with his, uh, his uh, kind of therapist, so to speak, and he has, he has a good buddy he works with, right? Who's kind of this Rico Suave guy, but he's not really, but he kind of he acts that way, and they're, they're both working at this kind of this, this uh, tech, uh, technology store. So they t- his dad talked about getting a kind of a practice girlfriend, got to practice things on, right, before, you know, so when he gets to his real girlfriend, it'll be different. Well, he, he, you know, that, that, that resonated very well with him because he often will practice things. So he had this, his practice girlfriend, right, a couple things kind of came up. One was there was a big dinner coming up with their whole family, and they're going to go to the Olive Garden, right? And so what he does often when they go out to restaurants like that, you know, as you can imagine, you know, being autistic, you know, they're very sensitive to, the, to their surroundings, you know, so noises and lights and all kinds of things. So often what they'll do is they'll go to the restaurant ahead of time 
and he'll be able to ask a bunch of questions and try it out. So, you know, here he is literally grilling the, the, the hostess, right, with all these questions about stuff. Hey, if I can do this, can I order this? And it's kind of, you know, driving nuts. But they had a, they had a meal there, kind of tested things out. Just kind of, they, they, they did a dry run, make sure things taste okay, you know, and we're good. Well, this, this practice girlfriend also talked about, you know, she wanted to, to, to have sex with them, right? He said, I don't think I'm ready to have sex yet, right? He goes, and so his friends said, well, you have to kind of, you know, go through the bases, right? He, exp- he goes, what do you mean? So he explains them first base, second base, third base, and, and home runs, right? So he starts going through the, you know, starts going through these things. You know, so his buddy, his buddy decides to take him to a, to a strip club, right? Because he wanted to get him to, to experience second base or, what, or at least what second base looks like. And, and you know, he's, he's walking in all this noise and, and, and lights. And, you know, within, like, two seconds, he comes, he comes walking back out. Right? He's, he can't take it now. He's just, you know, it's, it's too overstimulating. But uh, in any case, he met one of the girls out having a cigarette, and she, he was explaining what was kind of going on. And so she, she gave him a free preview to kind of give him a sense of what, of, of what those look like, right? So he had a chance to practice this stuff. So he said, okay, I think I'm ready, Jack. You know, that's what he's saying to his dad. Okay, I've had a chance to practice stuff. I think I'm ready. You know, I'm, I'm ready to go. You know, versus, you know, and he had weeks to prepare for this, right, versus kind of just jumping right in, you know. She didn't, you know, <laughs> get ready for him right away. So there's a lot to be learned by you know by that in terms of how we go about and trying things out. And, you, know, you and I were talking a little bit earlier about this. We talk about this all the time in terms of negotiations. I know you're a big proponent, Jack, of negotiating every day if you can. Sure. Even very small things. With the idea being that, you know, you don't want to get into the biggest negotiation in your life. And that being the first time you've had to, you've had to negotiate something, or the first time in a while where you haven't you know worked those skills for a little while, so they're going to be a little a little rusty, a little bumpy, right? So this practicing thing is a big big deal. Now the problem is, most owners of small companies that we're talking about here don't necessarily have opportunities to present themselves or pre- present their company. Or maybe they, they aren't seeing them, you know. They're, well, they're they, kind of there. They but They do they, it. They, yeah, they do it in, in a lot of hidden ways, not formally presenting. When someone says, even when we say presenting your company, it conjures up a, a very formal sort of process. But you're talking about your company. Something as simple as what do you do? What does your company do? Well, there, there's there's opportunities for it, but I think often they'll they'll avoid them. So you know, people may assume that hey, if I go for a for a bank loan, let's say Jack, I mean I'm, I I must need to present something to the bank, right? Well, often what it is is you're just filling out paperwork. So you know, I wouldn't consider paperwork presenting. It's filling in some some information, but it's honestly it's 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 a, maybe on the very lowest lowest level of presenting, right? If that's like that, that, that that's the base of yeah, you know, it's kindergarten, right? <laughs> We're talking about trying to get a whether it be a high school diploma or a college degree or graduate degree in terms of in terms of what you're trying to do. Let's say we're in kindergarten for filling out paperwork, and even even with that, oftentimes. The owner herself isn't the one filling it out. She may fill out a little bit of that, but she's having other people do it. She's having her CPA and her insurance person and her accountant filling stuff out, right, as opposed to her filling things out. So the, 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 the chance to go present, and we have talked about this you know, a few weeks ago where um, we, have, we have a number of clients who have been approached by people who are interested in perhaps buying their companies. So and many of our clients haven't been through this before, like many of you haven't been through it before. It's very hard. You, you, you get a phone call, you get a letter, you get an email, somebody expressing an interest in coming to buy your company. Want to learn more about your company, Jack. Okay, well, what do you do? 
Well, what like, do you do? That's the vast, right. The vast majority of folks will take that letter or email and they'll file it somewhere, so they have access to it at some point if they if they ever need it. But most of them won't respond to it. You know, we've done this for clients. You know, we did this recently for a client. We we, we sent a letter out to a, to, to a potential. Uh, company that, that our client wants to talk to, and I, I must have placed ten phone calls, Jack, and got got nothing back. Mm-hmm. Just crickets, right? Different times of day, leave messages. Hey, just want to just want to chat for a few minutes, right? And avoiding it, right? Why? Well, this presenting thing is a big part of that, and the confidence that comes from presenting can be tremendous, not only for you as the owner, but the rest of your organization. And you gain confidence in what you've got in terms of your your people and your organization, what's kind of going on. So part of what we want to cover tonight is kind of give you a sense of what are some of those key components to, to presenting? How do you kind of go about doing it? Why is it so important? And give some examples of where you can start to kind of practice this stuff a little bit because it's key to be practicing. And it's key, too, to be practicing the right things. You know, when I talk about practice, I think about golf a lot, right? I had all kinds of golfers when I was growing up and I was caddying that they're at the range a lot, Jack. The problem was the things that they were practicing were the wrong things. Right? <laughs> but so they be, kept they kept practicing them. That's right. They kept they kept grooving those bad habits because they kept doing them over and over and over and over again, right? So as you're presenting, there are lots of things you want to be aware of. And you know, if you if you go back to speech class in, in, in high school, right? People, you know, that was most people's least favorite class. So, anyway, so we have a lot of things that we want to kind of cover in, in tonight's show. That's going to talk about presenting. How do you go about doing it? We have lots of good stories to be able to share. Lots of great tips to be able to share with you as well. So, stay tuned. When we come back from break. We'll start to touch on some of those. I'm Adam Sunhalter, and I'm Jack Mancini. Stay tuned. We've got more dirty secrets of small business coming your way here on Integrity Radio, WINT 1330 AM, 101.5 FM, and on. Online, wintradio.com. But only for one night with no repeat. And maybe. The beat goes on. All right, welcome back. We're here live and in studio with Dirty Secrets of Small Business. In studio. Well, live's better than dead, in right, Jack? In the studio or in studio? In studio. All right. All right. We'll get a nice, relaxed voice for the evening, calm things down, or we get all excited and start talking fast and Either way. move things along, right? But we're talking tonight about how to present, and the pace of speech is one of those things you got to think about, Jack, right? Mm-hmm. I'm normally a very fast talker. But you I've are. Worked, I never noticed I've, that. I've worked for years to slow things down, and... It's hard. The mind's kind of going, and as things move from the brain down to the mouth, sometimes they get jumbled up or they come rushing out. But there's ways to present and talk about stuff. So we, we, we've, we've talked about the seven keys. I'd really like to highlight three of the seven keys, Jack, tonight. We can kind of dig in this a little bit when we talk about presenting in terms of what are probably some of the most important things. Um, and it's really keys two, three, and four. And I want to start with four first, which is the organization plan. Okay. And why do I bring this up? So the organization is the people. And one of the, the, the key factors when it comes to a business, again, we're talking about being able to present to an investor. I may even say if you're going to present to a banker, but presenting to, to a financing source of some type and kind. One of their biggest concerns, whether they state it or not, is they're worried about you as the owner being the business. So, heaven forbid something happens to you as the owner, 
you get sick, you get injured, you, 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 you're, you're incapacitated in some way or, or you pass away. At that point, the business is then either done that day or done shortly thereafter because you, in effect, are the business. You may, you may have 5, 10, 15, 20 employees, Jack, but everybody knows you're the man. And, you, you know, from the product knowledge, perhaps, to the relationships with, with customers, to, to vendors, whatever it might be, if you're so ensconced to where you are the business, you have a real tough time finding folks who want to invest their hard-earned money or somebody else's hard-earned money into you. Sure. It just adds, it adds dramatically to the risk, the overall risk. If you leave, everything leaves with that. It's unlikely since you've trained nobody and we don't have a good second or third or both in command. Everything is basically predicated on you staying the, the course and being healthy. So one of the things we talk about with with organization is, and the way we help to frame it is through our three circles, Jack, which I know we've talked about here before. And as I'm referencing these things, let me take a quick pause. If you go to our website, MaximumVP.com, you'll see a link there for the MVP playbook. And underneath that link, you'll see the seven keys of success. You can click on that or the three circles. Either one has nice has nice graphics and visuals for you, so you can follow along. But the, the three circles piece divides every organization in, into three major components. We have product and service, marketing and sales, and administration. Now, we've met thousands of, of, of business owners, Jack. We have yet to meet the one who's good at all three of those. They're usually good at one. It's rare. Maybe two. Definitely, yeah. But to be good at all three just you know just doesn't happen. You perform in all three, and you, you pick up the, the ball to do it, but that doesn't mean you're good at all three. You, it, it, it's a rarity. Right, and, and you often know that you aren't, but yeah, to your point, Jack, as the owner, you jump in and do what has to get done. That's part, that's part of the job of the owner. But what you want to sort of do is you want to start to kind of get good key people in those different areas. Okay, who are starting to run those things and, and help to kind of take care of those things and are able to, to add some value there that bring knowledge and experience and, and good stuff to the company and the organization that, that you don't have. And part of the, the key with the organization is starting to kind of get people in those key roles. But we're, we're big fans, too. If you're, if you're having a, you know, a presentation, to not necessarily go in alone. You know, we had, we had a client recently who was, who was going through raising money. And... The owner was very, very uh, smart about trying to have a good show in terms of wanting to show off his key people. And so over the course of three hours, he was able to bring in about a dozen key people that are part of his organization. That includes employees, some contractors, some advisors. But he wanted to show to these potential investors, here's my team. Here's my key people doing, as you look at those three circles, Jack, here's the, the key team that's working on the product and service. Here's a key team working on the marketing and sales. Here's a key team working for the administration piece and taking care of the numbers and, and the people and the planning. All Here's how we're doing. It's not just me. Again, you know, you know I'm a key person because you know, I'm the owner and all that kind of stuff. But again, it's not just me. We've got a bench of people here, right? You'd be amazed. And again, because this often goes unsaid. People aren't, aren't going to necessarily tell you to your face that, hey, well, we're, we aren't going to invest in you, Jack. Not that we don't believe in you, but it's just, hey, it's really just you. We're investing in a job that you have that, again, we don't see how this thing can grow and sustain and, and scale, whatever, you know, whatever fancy pants words these folks want to use. That's a big deal, being able to, 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 to tout the organization and understanding that what you have is truly a, a business 
that isn't reliant upon any one individual, whether that be you or heaven forbid somebody else. You know, maybe maybe you aren't the key guy. Maybe you have a you have a, a key engineer who invented your product who is really you know that, that engineer maybe she's really the, the key person okay that's that may even that, that, that may, may even be be worse to be able to present but you, you have to see how things kind of go well, even even when you do present you know your team there's still concern with a small company that the owner has a disproportionate share people are always slow on the draw but if you don't have that team if it isn't more than just you you don't stand a chance i don't care how good you are you aren't going to get any serious financing. It just doesn't happen. So what you want to be able to do from the organization standpoint, again, having that, that well, I'll call it physical show of actually being able to have people who are there doing doing stuff, presenting stuff, but have them have, have key roles, key roles where they're able to, 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 to own certain parts of the organization, not necessarily from an ownership, you know, owning stock standpoint, but they're responsible for running certain parts of the organization. They're presenting their plans to you. They're executing the plans. They're making things happen. They may even have you know, some, some responsibility when it comes to the, the, the profit and loss of their particular area or hiring and firing when it comes to their particular area or making investments when it comes to you know to, the, the purchasing stuff for their area. But they have some control over those areas or at least you know, some authority for those areas. And know that that, that, that team is going to be there. The, the, the team is a, is a big part. A part of this as well, and we know this is the case, as, you, as we were talking about a little earlier here, Jack, where the owners will often jump in to different parts of the organization because, hey, somebody's got to do it. It's got to get done, and we don't have anybody out here to do it, so I'll, I'll jump in as the owner to do it, is recognizing certain things like, well, who's the next key hire for you? Who's the next key three hires for you as you look out? You know, what's the biggest need in the organization? Now, a very easy, simple question to ask, Jack, but yep. it's very difficult to answer. Most people don't, don't have that answer. And, it, you know, we'll often play that let's pretend game with the whole bag of money falling out of the ceiling, right? Okay, well, we get the money coming here. I'm going to hire people. Okay, who are you going to hire? What do you really need from an organization standpoint to help solidify what's kind of going on and to maybe take you as the owner, you know, from working your 80, 90-hour weeks, half of which is spent on stuff you aren't good at, which is why it takes you 80 or 90 hours a week to do it, to offload to somebody else who is not only really good at it, but actually likes some of this stuff. I mean, one of the things that we see, Jack, that causes all kinds of frustration for owners or you know, why so many go out of business or close their doors is they spend so much time doing things that aren't related to what they like to do. And just driving them nuts. It's like, hey, you know, for for all the time and effort I'm putting in here, and for whatever money I'm taking out of this thing, it's not really worth me doing all the stuff that I just don't like doing because I thought I was going to get into, in, into business to do the thing I like to do, which yes. now I'm not able to do because you know I'm having to do all this other stuff I didn't know about, right? So the organization's a big part of that, and so you got to be aware of what happens, and and so when it comes back to practicing, well, you pull your team together. And you practice together, and you fumble around a bit, and you you stub your toe, and you you help each other out. Right? So many, so many owners are just afraid to do that, and it's that that fear of the unknown. That you know, it's getting up in front of somebody and making a fool of yourself, so these things don't get done the way they should. But it's so key, you know. You know, when you're when you're dealing with a company that I'll say is well-oiled. People know their place. People know their job. They know uh, with confidence they can speak up when there's issues that they don't understand or issues that need correction. You know, there isn't a strong hierarchy. 
there, there's a hierarchy involved with doing the different jobs, but people have a free voice, and that makes a big, big difference. It's a smooth-running organization with people who can interchange each other's jobs at, at different levels, and that's the kind of company that, that's successful. And a big part of that organization is explaining how things are done here. So we have ways things are, are tracked, right? So do we have manual systems versus electronic systems? Do we do we meet regularly to talk about certain things? How, you know, how do we do what we do here? And as you have multiple people in the room answering different questions, well, do you guys do you, you know, do you answer the, the the questions in a similar fashion? Or do I hear one answer from Jack, and I hear another answer from from Jill, and I hear another answer from from Betty, another answer from Sam? And they're all different. Right? I mean, you guys work for the same company. What the heck's kind of going on here? If I talk to you individually, I'm hearing different stories. That creates, you know, kind of questions. So, again, that whole idea of kind of of being on the same page is a big deal. So, you know, it's only having that that team. And and depending on the size of your company, that team we're talking about might only be, let's say, three people. Mm -hmm. That's okay. But you want to have that that core together. You're you're on the same page. You're getting the plans. You're doing things in a certain way where there's a certain rhythm to it. That was part of what what this investor group had had stated, Jack, before coming in. They, They wanted to see... How people work together. I thought that was very, it was very insightful from their standpoint to say, hey, we, we want to see how you, guys, how you guys operate together. If we spend a few hours with you, we'll, we'll get a sense of how you guys are. We'll see if there's some tension there, or things going on, or you know, what, how things kind of really happen, or if these are just you know, you know empty bodies showing up that have nothing to do with the company kind of thing, right? That's right. <clears throat> so organization, people. That's yeah, so organizations right. is is a big, big key. So we have we have two more I want to touch on in, in the second half of the show here, Jack. We're up against our second break. So stay tuned. We got more things coming in terms of how do you present to an investor. I'm Adam Sonhalter. I'm Jack Mancini. The topic tonight presenting you got it all right all so right. stick around we got more dirty secrets of small business coming your way here on integrity radio wint 1330 a.m 101.5 fm and online wintradio.com Back here live in the studio on Dirty Secrets Small Business. Welcome back. I'm your co-host, Adam Sonhalter. Hello, Adam. I'm your co-host, Jack Mancini. You trumped my co-host, huh? All right. <laughs> so we're talking about how to present. How to present your company <clears throat> to an investor, to a financing source, to anybody on the outside. How do you present and talk about your business? And so we're trying to spend some time sharing some stories with you, but also highlighting Three of our seven keys we find to be pretty, you know, pretty important when it comes to this. And we were touching on the last segment about the organization being a, a key part of it, Jack. The one I want to talk about, talk about now is, is key number three, which is the marketing plan. And as it relates to a couple of big topics, one being competition, and another one being customers. Okay. So what do I mean by that? So picture a banker or, or, or investor kind of coming in. They probably know a little bit about you coming in, but they don't know a ton about you. All right, so they're probably going to start to pepper you with some questions or, or about, well, who else does what you do, Jack? Does anybody do what you do? Is your, you know, depending where you're at, if you invented something totally new, maybe nobody else does it yet, at least that we know of. But somebody else got to be doing something, right? Or you're taking other people out, right? So it may, it may not be a, a direct competitor. Um, you know, it's uh, the, the, the the milkman used to deliver milk, right? And they had glass jugs, and all of a sudden, yeah, I haven't seen milk in a glass jug in my lifetime, probably. 
<laughs> in your lifetime. Wait a minute. I used to deliver those years ago with my brother-in-law. Well, you've been alive a lot longer than I have, Jack. So you, That's right. I've you weren't delivering you weren't delivering when you were 30 no years problems. old. You were probably delivering when you were like 10 or 12 years old, right? <laughs> so, But that's been replaced by, by, by cardboard, right? So somebody invented cardboard today. Well, Jim, you know. First thing I'm going to go after is milk milk, bottles. That's right. I'm making milk cartons, right? That's right. Okay, so you're competing against something, even though it's kind of new. But most, you know, most of the folks we deal with you know, aren't aren't inventing something new. They have a, they have another product or service that might be a little bit different than somebody else's, but it's competing. So, what do you know about your competitors? And depending on your business, is it just local, all within a certain 20, 30 mile radius? Are we talking, you know, statewide, national, internationally? Who are competitors of yours? Who's out there in the marketplace? What do you know about your competition? And you understand that from you know what we call market research that's one of those kind of fancy pants sounding kind of words i know and sounds like a room full of high highly educated people who who are locked in that room and they have to investigate and find reasons reasons <laughs> i remember when we, you know you know you and i are usually in lockstep on stuff and i remember early on with our clients talking about this concept of market research and again it was it was like deer in headlights. So we're like, we got three heads and we're talking about this. Like it just wasn't, you know, for, for probably the better part of the first five years together, we're trying to find ways to help people understand what this is about. And so we started, we started realizing, we started giving some examples of here's what that looks like. So there's the fancy pants word of what I call primary research versus secondary research. So the secondary research is stuff that's out there, that's kind of available to people. So the beauty of the, 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 the internet these days is you can go on and, Google something and find information just about any topic your heart desires, Jack. And so if you wanted to Google competition for your business, I bet in, over the course of an hour, you could probably find out a lot about competitors in your business or at least have a sense at a very cursory high level, but at least, at least have a some sort of frame or picture of it, right? If, you're, if you want to get kind of frisky and you want to invest a little bit of money, uh, there's often some reports that are out there. there. There are research reports that are out there often for your industry. There are people that are known as, as analysts who follow public companies and stocks, and they follow different industries, and they, they spend their days studying and learning about your industry, and they write about it. Now, as you might imagine, they don't do that for free. They usually charge for it, so they'll charge maybe several hundred dollars or several thousand dollars for reports on stuff, but it has a lot of usually good information. But that's, it's called secondary because it's available to pretty much everybody. If, if you want to search for it, if you want to pay for it, you can kind of get it, right? But we find the primary research to be a lot more fun. What is that? Well, that's stuff only you kind of know about. Well, what does that mean? Well, one of the things we encourage all our clients to do, Jack, is talk to their, to, to their competition. Now, that's, that's right. People think we're nuts off. They're like, what, what, what do you mean? I'm not talking to that jerk. He's, you know, uh, time out, time out, time out. There's a lot of reasons why people don't do it. You know, we mentioned early on in the show here, Jack, about confidence. Right, and how presenting gives you very, very good confidence. So if I'm sitting across from my competitor, you're, you're my competitor, I'm sitting across from you for the first time. I got, and I, I don't know what we're going to talk about. You know, I, got, I got sweaty palms, and, and you're staring at me, and you know, you've been through this 100 times before, and you're, you, know, you can tell I don't know what the hell I'm doing, and okay, I'm going to probably screw something up, or I'm going to say things I shouldn't say. or not. All these bad things are going to happen that, that, that I'm picturing in my mind. In reality, who knows? But... There's things I can get from talking to you that nobody else would know. 
That's because I'm discussing things with you, right? Or different ways of, the, of, of people that I engage in my world, things I find out. I have, you know, I have customers that, that, that I might talk to and ask them about what they're doing. You know, who else, who are, you know, are they using other products or services like mine? Well, it's so foreign to people. They've grown up never thinking that they should and can talk to the customer uh, competitors. They want to beat their competitors. So all of a sudden you're looking at them as somebody different. That's a whole bunch of feelings that you've never dealt with before. That's why you, it's awkward. It's, it's, you know, your intuition is not really working for you. It's a tough step to take. But there's, you know, we aren't, we aren't uh, major Fortune 100 companies here that have to worry about antitrust. You can talk to each other very comfortably and say anything you want to say. Hey, what are you pricing this stuff for? What's it cost you? And I mean, you can get into these discussions as a small business very easily. Well, if you know your stuff, you can, right? If you don't know your stuff, if you don't know your own stuff. If you don't know right? your own stuff, it's you hard. can't talk about anything. Or you can, you can talk about stuff, but it's not going to, it's, it's like Charlie Brown's teacher. It's just noise. You aren't, you aren't hearing it. You know, as you're talking about that, you know, a, a recent example is coming to mind that people m- might be familiar with. Um, there's a new, you know, uh, Aaron Rodgers is, is a quarterback for the Green Bay Packers, and he's a he's a State Farm guy. He's he's their pitch, oh, pitch guy, right? I've seen those, yeah. So they're, they're, they have one this year that's new, where they have he's talking to a State Farm guy who I guess was I think he's only insuring his home, and then this other guy comes in, this other agent comes in, who I think is his auto guy, sure. right? And he comes walking in, he's like, "Hey, Aaron, what's going? On? Who's this guy, right?" Well, hey, we're talking about, you know, doing a combine, you know, combining. Well, no, he only does combines with me. Well, he goes, well, no, we're looking at kind of combining home and auto to, you know, to kind of save some money. Oh, well, I didn't know I was meeting the, the you know, my big competitor, whatever it was going to be. Like, all of a sudden, you could, you could, you could it was, sense. It was, yeah, that's a good commercial. Yeah, so it goes from that kind of happy, kind of walking in, like, you know, owning the world. All of a sudden, it's like, it's kind of awkward and uncomfortable. Like, okay, you know, it's not where, where I want to be. And all of a sudden, things got real stiff real quick for the guy who would come in. You know, for Aaron Rodgers and a State Farm guy, it was no, it was, it was no big deal. They're kind of like, yeah, you know, <laughs> what do you want to know? But for the, you know, he wasn't expecting that. So that, that, to me, that, that, that depicts pretty well how <laughs> things can be when all of a sudden competitors get, get by each other. You, you may see it, too. You, if you're out at your local, you know, chamber or some other event in, in town and all of a sudden you run into your competitor. Do you, do you avoid each other? Do you, do you talk to each other? No, Again, you certainly shouldn't. Yeah. I mean, there, there's a, a bevy of information, too. Well, how does this relate to presenting? Well, I'm trying to get market research to get to get understand about your competition, Jack. Okay. So when people are going to ask you about your competition, it's good to be able to, to talk big picture. Things are kind of going on if you're aware of things in the marketplace and you've done some some of that research on you know online or you've you've bought some research. But it's really important too to talk about other research that you have. And one of the things that really stood out with this client that we had that, that had this investor presentation uh, recently, he did, he he did just just that. There was a lot of discussion about competition in, in, in their marketplace. It's it's a worldwide marketplace, okay, and it's a marketplace that's been around for a while. And they're and they they have some, some newer technology that's going to help to help them make some changes to that to that uh, that marketplace. But one of the things that that the owner talked about was relationships that he has with the competitors and phone calls he places on a regular basis to the competitors to talk to them about stuff and have a relatively free, open kind of discussion. And part of it is that the competitors he's talking to are pretty sizable organizations, and they aren't they aren't really worried about some small upstart who's starting stuff. But again, and their eventual thing, and the way a lot of big companies do this, their research and development is often they let some small companies, startup you know folks who are more nimble, kind of figure stuff out, and then they go buy those people. 
they bring them in. Instead of having to figure it out for themselves, they let them figure it out outside, and they prove the model out, and they pay them some, some money and bring them in, you know? So they're, they're happy to talk to them. You know, it's not like they're doing something wrong. Or, again, this is all part of the big, big picture stuff, and people are, are usually amazed. Yeah, it's like... Uh, <laughs> My cousin Vinny, one of my favorite movies, right? And when he's he's learning how, how the law works, he's going going on the hunting trip with with the attorney, right? And he's talking to to his girlfriend about how he's or his fiance how he's gonna he's gonna smooth this guy over. He's going hunting and he's gonna you know, they're gonna have guy talk and bonding and see if he can get you know get out of him, right? And they're on the they're on the car ride over there and he says, hey, I wouldn't mind looking at your files there, you know. And nope, he picks up the phone, calls his his assistant, hey, would you make a copy of the files for? Uh, you know, Mr. Gambini. It's like, oh, no, no problem, right? And goes back. He's all excited, telling his, his fiance, I got everything. She goes, well, do you know why he had to do that? What do you mean? My, yeah, it's my personality, right? He goes, no, no, he has to do it. It's, 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 it requires part of the law, right? It's like he has to do this stuff, right? So knowing what's kind of going on is important, how to, how to get information from people. That's useful. It's going to be good for you. But it's, it, it, knowing it and be able to present it in a succinct way in terms of why what you're doing and how what you do is different from or unique from, the, from your, your competitors. You're the most knowledgeable person on that. Even if your investor, your banker has invested <laughs> in some spaces before, chances are you probably have more knowledge than they do because you're living in it 24-7. They dip in and out of it during the course of the day or the week or the month. So they aren't going to, but that's one of the things that the, the, they want to make sure that you're on top of what's going on in the marketplace, okay? So competition's a big part of it, and your, your, your customers are a big part of it. Understanding what your customers are about. They may, they may not necessarily want to know the names of your customers, but they want to understand who they are. And how do you present about your customers? Who are your customers? How do you talk about How, how do you segmentize their, your customers? That's one, of your, that's one of your favorite words, Jack, Segment, segmenting. And we could probably have a half-hour show about segmenting for shoes. Uh, that's one of your favorite things to kind of go through. It's probably not as helpful on, on air versus being on a whiteboard. We could kind of segment out the shoe market, right? The segmenting things out and understanding what... You know, who are we going after? What you know, what's it look like? How big is the marketplace? Those kind of things we're trying to say here. I understand the markets I'm in, and the marketing is important because it drives our top line, drives our sales, right? So if I have a, the best product ever, but the market's about $100,000 total worldwide, not too much interest in that, right? That's right. I'm not going to make too many bucks. Or I'm not going to get too many investors to come in or bankers with all my money. If I got a $100 billion marketplace, okay, well, you don't need all that marketplace. You only need a, 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 a very small fraction, a decimal dust, as our one client used to say, a very small percentage of that marketplace. Mm-hmm. So if you can understand the marketplace in terms of your, your competitors and the overall marketplace for, for your customers, big picture to talk, to talk that way. And we, we find most owners don't think that kind of bigger picture stuff. They don't... Well, they're too way. immersed. They're too immersed in solving the day-to-day problems, which, uh, when compared to the bigger picture, are are just that: small issues, small problems. Coming back to your organization chart, you know, if you have everything covered, life is good. Things look good. Things are running well. Yeah, and if if the research thing isn't your thing to figure some of the stuff out, there are people that, that love to do research, and you may not even need to hire somebody. You can you can outsource that. There are companies that are market research companies that can find information for you. They may have it at their fingertips for you. 
You can probably tell a story. Your your buddy, we're up against a break here, but your buddy in D.C. for your one company that you called, who nobody talked to the guy, right? Oh yeah, that's so, a great story. That, that may be a good. You know, if you want to share that after the break, if not, we'll get into some of the stuff on the profit plan too. But we got to hit, hit our last break here before before our final segment. So we got more stuff coming here in terms of how do you present your company. I'm Adam Sunhalter, and I'm Jack Mancini. All right, stick around. We've got more Dirty Secrets coming your way here on Dirty Secrets of Small Business on Integrity Radio, WINT, 1330 AM, 101.5 FM, and online, WINTradio.com. Fastest hour in radio, Jack. It's almost here. we got the last segment coming up here. Seems, I agree, Adam. Seems like we just started here. All right. So we're talking about how to present, particularly how you present to an investor. And we're talking about market research for our last segment, marketing and competition, all that kind of good stuff, and understanding the, the, the overall marketplace. And I, I kind of alluded to a story. I don't know if you want to, if you can tell it in a couple minutes or not, or if you want to tell it or if you want to save it for another day about your one of the companies you own where you called a guy who was a lonely guy. Government has a, a, a vast, vast, store of knowledge here and most people most people most business owners don't tap into it for a variety of reasons it seems too daunting and i mean that's even true of calling your congressman and talking with your congressman Uh, it's surprising how much you can get by by doing that in terms of information well i I bought a, a forging company years ago and i was looking for some marketing data good marketing data on the forging industry and I really couldn't find a whole lot. There were, there was some stuff, but it was geared to bigger size, bigger markets, bigger dollars. So I started scouting around, and uh, the key to many of the things that Adam and I do, and we, we encourage our clients, when you're in pursuit of something, you've got to turn over a lot of rocks. You can't quit too, quit too easily and make judgments before you even start. And so, you know, I, I was looking at different sources, and I finally said, I'm going I'm to contact and look at the, the government, the Department of Commerce. And so I started doing it, and lo and behold, I found a Department of Forgings. I would have never guessed that in a million years, all the practitioners in the, in the business, uh, you know, they never, it was never mentioned. They didn't even know about it when I told them about it later. Well, all these but, guys have been in the industry for decades, had no idea about it. Old steel guys. Okay. But I called the number. I mean, this is as crazy. Here's the federal government with all its massiveness. I called this number and the guy answered. <laughs> <laughs> he said, on the first ring, like why scare the like crap out of him. Like one of those, right? yeah, like, oh, probably did woke that? him up. That thing works, okay. But he headed up the Department of Forgings, and he was a one-man department. <laughs> <laughs> but he was so knowledgeable about forging, he was one of the best guys I ever met. And uh, you just, I mean, he, he he was just so happy to be able to pour all this information <laughs> out. So you never know where you're going to find stuff, and and. Uh, the government, God bless them, basically has uh, resources and is paying people a lot of money to do stuff that goes on shelves or goes into electronic files that basically are never tapped. So Yeah, they're spending our money, right? Our tax dollar money. So that's a good way to tap into it. So that's a good thing. Pick up the phone and looking around. I mean, it's, it's simple things. Here, here, here's Jack, new to the industry, and folks have been there for decades. They had no clue about stuff. Here's that new kid on the block coming in, and he's he's, he's figuring all the stuff out. Like, Asking how do you, how do you all those stuff? dumb questions. That's right. That's, those are the best questions to ask, right? <clears throat> all right. So 
I want to touch on uh, on, the, on the last key that we, what we, we wanted to highlight as part of the presenting part, Jack, which is key number two, which is the profit plan, or more simply, the numbers. And this is a biggie, okay? And this is the one that we spend all kinds of time with all of our clients on because most of our clients are not as familiar with or comfortable with or facile with whatever word you want to use when it comes to their numbers. Now, whether that be their historical numbers or their forecasts of whatever, again, but just the numbers themselves, we find too often it gets abdicated to somebody else. Maybe it's an internal bookkeeper, whoever, you know, however good they are or not so good they are. It could be the external CPA, but it's it's stuff that most owners don't want to be personally dealing with. And when it comes to it, again, I come back to, to our, some of our opening comments here, Jack, about presenting and how often, you know, whether it be like if you go into a bank, it's often filling out just paperwork. That's right. Right? And the bank doesn't know whether you're the owner filling it out or you're having your, your teenage kid fill it out or having a, you're having your CPA. Somebody's filling out the, this data. They don't know where it's coming from. But for you as the owner to, to be able to do this, because here's what happens, too. You're talking to money folks. Now, keep in mind, you know, our backgrounds are, are more money-based, right? Accounting, finance stuff. I spent 10 years on Wall Street helping people buy and sell companies and raise money. Jack has a, a big background in corporate finance and, and, and big corporations as well as personally buying and selling companies himself too. So we're numbers guys. And so when you start talking about numbers, okay, you can't just throw numbers around because us numbers folks pay attention to that stuff. And if all of a sudden things aren't quite adding up, or whatever assumptions you spouted three minutes ago that you're now counter or contradicting right now, I'm going to say, time out, stop, wait a minute. You said this three minutes ago, now you're saying this. I, you know, Help me understand, right? We've seen more presentations crash and burn, more people break into cold sweats or get red-faced or whatever it might be when, when this stuff kind of happens. Because to try to, to try to BS your way through and fake your way through numbers bad idea almost never almost never goes well never if you have anybody in the audience who's the least least uh, talented in in understanding numbers you, you just can't you can't hustle it you just can't that's right so one of the best things to do when it comes to presenting and this is something to keep in mind too and you don't have to necessarily have all the answers right now so if I refer back to the marketing thing a little bit, you may say, hey, we don't know the answer to that yet. Here's what we're looking at. Part of the reason why they're asking the questions is they want to get inside your brain a little bit. They want to understand how you think about stuff. So are you thinking about the right kinds of things? Are you, you know, what are you doing to, to address those things? Again, this is, these are business folks we're talking about. They understand there are certain risks. And certain risks you can never eliminate. But you can certainly reduce those risks or be aware of them or have them on your radar so you're, you know, that they're, they're at the forefront for it. So part of what they're trying to do with these questions is they want to get a sense for how you're thinking about and how you're approaching stuff. But it's far better for you to say, good question, let me get back to you on that. I don't quite have it down or, or we're working on that. I'll have an answer for you here, whatever. Maybe it's within the next couple of days. But don't. it's better to do that versus kind of throw something out there and cross my fingers i'm hoping that they, won't, was, they won't hear it yeah or <laughs> they'll hear it and take note of it and they may not confront you on it but they're saying okay this guy is totally full of crap and okay we'll we'll we'll, we'll, we'll speed this meeting along so we aren't here too much longer but he's not he isn't getting a loan from us he's not getting invested for us because all of a sudden he's he's trying to bs his way through this stuff and what he's saying doesn't make sense so and to, the, to take it and 
put it off short of you having like a, a CFO or a controller on board. And again, most of our, our clients we're talking to, we're talking about companies here that usually one to 25 employees. Most of you don't have a CFO or a controller type person on board. You just aren't big enough for it. You, you don't have that need yet. So, to, so to, to, to turn it over to your bookkeeper and have him or her present what's kind of going on, that doesn't give confidence either. Because again, all of a sudden, you know, here we are looking at the bookkeeper. Well, the bookkeeper is just part of the team. Right? They, they're, they're part of the team, but I'm betting on you, Jack. You're the owner. The bookkeeper isn't signing you, these you have documents, to be right? Pre- yeah, you have to be able to present at a certain level. The details you don't have to command. That's okay to turn some detail stuff over to, uh, you know, your your second, third, and command uh, a lesser ranked employee. But you got to have a command of the numbers. You got to know if you're profitable. Surprising how many small business owners, and I, I'll throw that out to the audience, basically, that they don't know if they're profitable. Hey, Adam, is your company profitable? That's a question we often ask early on. And we usually, and we'll get, get, a response back with, we usually get a response back with a question following, right? Yeah, let me call yes. my CPA. No. Yes, <laughs> or no, or I don't know. All right, okay, well, okay, well, how do you know? They don't know if they're profitable or not. And I know there's many of you out there who fall into that. And that's so how, 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 how confidence-instilling is that? If you don't know you're profitable and you're asking for a loan, you're asking for... You know, you got to know what the heck's going on. Yeah. At, at the end of the day, keep in mind, the person that's going to lend you the money or invest in your company eventually would like to take that money back out plus something, right? So if it's the bank, they're getting the plus something in terms of their interest that, that you pay on that's it right. over time, right? If it's an investor, that plus something is hopefully a multiple of whatever they invested in because you've now sold it for a multiple of whatever they invested it in or whatever it might be, but they're, they're getting that money back. This isn't a, hey, that's kind of... Throw it in, and again, I'll keep crossing fingers and toes and hoping that things come back. They want to make sure that they're asking all those right questions up front to have confidence that, hey, that money's going to be coming back. Again, there's no guarantees, but at least they, they, have, they, they feel good about you. They're, they're, they're trying to find reasons to say no. Okay? And so if you give them reasons to say no, and that's why we're highlighting these three tonight, because if, <clears throat> if you can get past the organization questions, the marketing questions and the numbers questions, you're going to be in pretty darn good shape, Jack. Sure you are. Because I those agree are with that. those are key things. And, and, and you know, if you fumble around with some of the other parts, you know, like the the vision part, you aren't quite sure. You have an idea, but it's not quite you know locked down. If you have some holes in your leadership style, but at least you're talking about it or aware of it. Hey, maybe I'm I'm really the the, the product guy over here because you know I've got an engineering background. That's where I'm, where I'm really strong. I, I know we need somebody who's more of a CEO type. But at least you're you're aware of some of those holes. You can you can get by those, right? <clears throat> um, the cash flow issue that kind of ties back in the numbers in terms of cash forecasting. But that's part of why you're asking for the money. But again, you can you can get around those a little easier. But if you have those other three locked down pretty well, and then again the seventh one, which is the four, uh, presenting it and presenting it with confidence. And because you've done it before, you, you, and that's a big part of what we do with our clients. We we do a lot of role playing, a lot of that practicing. Coming back to that, yeah. that's right. So the practicing is key, and, and knowing what to practice. And so having somebody there who kind of knows what's going on, because you don't want to be practicing in front of your banker. You want to be practicing in front of your investor, a potential uh, investor, well, a potential to your, banker. To your point earlier about golf, you know, the when I did golf, and when I was playing probably my best golf, it was because I got in touch with a, a guy who was instructing. And he had 
he had a, a message. <laughs> he had a message. Do you know what to do when you're practicing? And I said no, and I signed him up. There you go. Go no, on, that's, Adam. No, that's okay. That's, I, I'm sorry. We can go get that later. We have to cut short. We got about 30 seconds to go here, Jack. So yeah, do you know what you're practicing? <laughs> Most people don't, whether it be golf or business. But it's key to be able to be able to know that. So, all right. We thank you for joining us in this week's edition of Dirty Secrets of Small Business. Catch us next Wednesday, 7 p.m. Eastern. You can get us on iTunes or Stitcher or Google Play. Download there. Leave a review. Would be great. Uh, give us a call, 877-849-0670. Hey, we'll see you next week, next Wednesday, 7 p.m. on Dirty Secrets of Small Business. Thanks for listening on Integrity Radio, WINT 1330 AM, 101.5 FM, and online, wintradio.com. Time to work it all, you know.